My name is Roma and this is Zem Love, a podcast about a feeling that I try to describe through the stories and anecdotes and perspective of others, wonderful people that I've met. And through their stories, I want to change the thoughts and the feelings that people have when they think about this beautiful place. Because once you put it into Google, all that pops up is expensive safaris or hyperinflation or even different stories. But there's a specific feeling to this place. And I want to show you through the eyes of others that after all everyone has been through and is going through, there is still a feeling that is true Zim love. My name is Cleopatra Chapkwanya. I come from Zimbabwe. I've been married for three years. I work at the University of Zimbabwe. I teach German. And currently I am studying uh, with the University of Pretoria. I'm doing my PhD studies. This episode is with Cleo. Cleo I met in, at work. She's a young professional and she's also a so-called murora, which means daughter-in-law. This is a position in the Shona family that comes with a lot of responsibilities and duties. And a lot of women in Zimbabwe are juggling being a morora and being a young professional. So thank you very much, Cleo, and enjoy this episode. I got married in 2016, August, but then my husband was not around. So he came around the next year, 2017. So I, I've been married for three years, but we've been staying together for this would be the second year. But he was uh, present at the wedding? Uh, no, he actually sent people to do that for him. The groom is supposed to be there, but I don't know if it's proper to call him the groom at this point because this is just the Lobola um, tradition. And so what happens is um, the groom uh, comes with his family, but then they have to have someone whom they call Munyai. And this is the person that is like the go-between between the two families because apparently it's almost like it's a bit of a taboo for the uh, family of the groom to just come and, and directly to this family and um, speak uh, directly to each other. So they have to have a go-between. They ended up using a munyai from my side of the family, um, which is really interesting because what this munyai person is supposed to do is they're supposed to negotiate on behalf of the groom's family. Mm -hmm. So they negotiate so that the... Um, to be bride's family is a bit, you know, nicer in terms of how much they charge and things like that. When you are taking a woman, I think the whole idea is that just a woman is like a treasure. And if you're going to marry someone, you need to appreciate the family that took care of that, that person. And if you really care about that person, I mean, um, then you are... It's, I think in a way it's expected to show in how you come to appreciate the family. They used to just use a whore, you know, uh, the groom or uh, the person who wanted a wife would just come with a whore to give to the family and that was enough. But maybe because those days a whore was really worth something big, yeah? And then um, nowadays, of course, the changing of times and everything and how um, now we normally... Well, in general, we use money um, for that whole process. And the idea is just 
appreciation. You, um, a guy showing appreciation for the family that took care of the woman he now wants as his wife. And through that whole process of Lobola paying, you acquire yourself a wife. What does it include here? Is it just money? Is it cash? How does it? Yeah. Oh yeah, you write a check. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a very good question because I was actually just thinking it's not just money. It's also there are people who buy cars. There are people who are asked to buy cars. There are people who buy cell phones. Anything that's really trendy at that time could just be a part of the lobola. I know there's also clothes that's always um been um the custom like um you have to the guy has to buy clothes for the mother and the father of of the lady the the biggest part of it is of course the money and it can uh really range from uh, anything from i i think around 36000 well i'm just speaking a figure that i think is around the figure that they paid for the Wow. Uh, former president's daughter so yeah that was a lot of money but um it can even get up to i've had um you know um stories about people that paid something like 200 us dollars or so but also like i said it really depends from um you know where you come from because what i've noticed is in for the shonas in the shona culture it's you have to pay quite a reasonable amount. And a reasonable amount really depends on the family. What do they consider reasonable? Some consider a thousand reasonable, some two, some consider then 10 or 20 reasonable. Um, and it also, what I've also seen is it also depends on, you know, the qualifications or the value of the woman you're marrying. I think basically is how educated is she that plays a big role, yeah? Which is interesting, you would have thought it has to do with beauty, how beautiful is she, or things like that. No, it's how educated is this woman? Because now it's believed, if you're going to marry a well-educated woman, then what you're bringing in your family is wealth. Because she's going to also contribute to the well-being of the family and things like that. And I think the family of the um, lady really feels like they're giving away big wealth. Like, we educated this woman for you, and now you're just going to come and take her, and now she's going to benefit your family and not us anymore. So... Under those circumstances, there will be um, some exorbitant amount um, charged. And you say education plays a big role in that because then you're able to contribute. And yes. What about virginity? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, there is a cow, which uh, I actually had forgotten to mention as well because that's a very interesting thing that we, we have not just. Um, you know, adopted, like, just the, the, the money thing. We still have things that used to be done back then before money at, at a point. Cattle was every uh, uh, was a sign of wealth. And so, um, but it's still something that is still used for the lobola. So you have your money here and you still have to pay your um, cattle. And, and uh, I, I know that... Uh, you know, there is one that is for the mother if the girl is a virgin. But from what I know about that one is it cannot be given on uh, during the, the, the time of the initial negotiations. It's only after the guy has now known his wife, you know, known in courts, 
after they've just they've had sexual relations well in the marriage so say perhaps something happened before the marriage well they can't say it but let's say after they get married and then um the guy discovers the the the, the now wife is a virgin then he can get to go with the cow and thank the family to say okay you raised a well-mannered uh, woman or young lady and then they get the cow so virginity um also in a way still plays a part but i think it's just slowly slowly getting out of the the equation and what happens if you want to get married and you don't have the money to pay lobola oh yeah we have other ways of getting married which are not very legal we have something called kutizam kumbo where you just elop What I've actually noticed is that after a few years, if you just elope, after a few years when you come back, the family is more lenient and they'll take anything you want to give them. They'll take even $20. Whereas if you come through the right channel, you get, you know, you have to pay more. So I think maybe some people have actually resorted to the eloping, knowing, you know, by the time you come, they're appreciating because they could have gotten nothing. And so now it's like, oh, whatever you have, just give us. And, and what happens if you... Don't pay Lobola at all. Yeah, there are people who don't pay Lobola at all. There are a lot of women who are living like that, and we actually have a, um, well, a lot of uh, married people are living like that, and we actually have a term for it. It's um, It's like the idea is you're just staying with your husband who didn't pay anything for you, and it's it's almost it's an insult, well, mostly to the woman, of course, that you would just go there and stay with him for nothing he paid nothing for you but um, what happens is in Zimbabwe like we still have a rich 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 culture rich tradition rich customs by the time the woman dies when the woman dies the family of the woman will demand their lobola they will say we will not bury this woman until you give us our money you you pay what is due to us and um, I, I know circumstances where Well, if the man is alive, then it's okay. But I know circumstances where the family of the man now has to pay because the man is gone. He didn't pay anything. They're like, you pay us our Jews or this person won't get buried. And that is like something so scary in Zimbabwe. Like, oh, they're not going to bury this person if we don't pay. So you just have to see what you can do because there are a lot of beliefs like, I don't know, like maybe there'll just be something will come against our family, you know, if we don't do this. So people just have to own up and... It won't leave you alone. Even in your grave, it follows you. <laughs> And as a marauder, they, they, there's also things that you have to do, things that you have to do. One of the customs is when you get into the family, the way that you're introduced to the family is you come with your your Oh, your aunts and your sisters and you sweep the whole yard you uh, boil water for people to bath you cook for people and they pay you for that so you'll be getting money and doing all those things but that's basically up from that point everybody else who's not married there goes home and you stay of course um you get the role of morora where you um now assume a role where you have to almost serve the family yeah and so uh, this comes with a lot of responsibility because you have to know now you in Zimbabwe I would say you don't get married to your husband alone 
you get married to your husband and his entire family. So you get married into a family. And so, yeah, you get a new mother, a new father, and, you know, be cautious, really take care of them well. And, uh, yeah, you get um, also brothers and sisters with it, but more of a, like you said, sister-in-law, brother-in-law kind of a situation where apparently everybody in that place is your husband. Because that's the understanding, really, because um, I know my husband's sister, we actually have a term, my husband's sister can be Baba, meaning the father of my children, and he, yet it's, it's, it's his sister. Mm. And so when you marry into the family, the way that I see it is, you know, everybody in the family um, is, assumes more of the role of your husband. Then it's not just on the side of you, um, because in Zimbabwe, we still have the really traditional um, marriage where the woman has is in submission to the man and um, the wife then basically the wife is in submission to the husband and so you as a murora has to be in submission to the family and um, but they also have to take care of you but I think with um, modernization and all um, it's taking a bit of a shift to where these roles are not very clear anymore and um, because for instance you can be a murora and at the same time you're a working, working wife, it becomes really difficult to juggle the two. And how do you juggle being a young professional? I come to work and I am a professional woman and I just wear that and I just do what I have to do. And I go home and I just assume the role of a murora. So it's almost like just switching um, between the roles, which is not always easy. I believe that sometimes my professionalism just transcends and just gets into my being a murora and, and, and things like that. But it's not um, very easy to handle because as a person, of course, you also have to say, okay, in this place, this is who I am. This is what I have to do. And it's almost like it's really complete opposites because you come to a place where you're in control and you have to get into a place where you have to give up control and, you know, submit and so it's not always easy, but I think with the right mindset and growing up, um, seeing a lot of women around me, of course, who uh, were, you know, mothers-in-law, <laughs> who were daughters-in-law. My mother was a daughter-in-law and I grew up seeing her and what she was doing. Of course, she wasn't going to work. And there's a lot of stigma as well when it comes to women that are married the, with a murora and going to work because... You know, their beliefs of being adamant and hot-headed and just not wanting anybody to tell them what to do it is when you're a murora. It's you're the ideal murora just, you know, you you have to do the things that you um normally told to do. But then um I think there's also a shift that's happening because you get married and you get into this family and even the ladies of that family, they're also professional and things like that. And so there's a bit of an understanding that um, now it's acceptable for Murora to say, okay, today I, I, I won't be able to do this. Today I can cook, for instance, and then somebody just pitches in or it's actually divided. Like I know me and my um, sister-in-law, we both work. Um, and um, usually we, we just, every morning, it's either me who's washing the dishes or she's washing the dishes. And that's something that's really, when I look at it from the way that I saw my mother growing up, my mother as a daughter-in-law, that's not something that's really the ideal thing that happens in the 
um, Shona culture, but I think it's getting diluted and it's changing. And so I hear people just criticizing, you know, assuming that if you are a professional woman, you're not going to be a good wife to your husband. You're not going to want to clean. You're not going to want to cook. You're not going to want to wash for him. You're going to get um, a maid to do all that for you. And you just want to read your books and, 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 and do your work. Um, you don't want to concentrate on anything that has to do with the household, which, um, well, um, on one hand, I believe that. I mean, if you want help and you feel... Because sometimes there's just a lot of pressure at work and that job is giving me money, it's giving me something to live on, and I have to impress that employer. This is an employer who's going to give me money at the end of the day. So if at one point I have to rush off, to work, maybe on the weekends, and leave some of my duties, um, you know, I'm just going to have to rush off to work. I was surprised when I heard about that for the first time, because in Germany, the concept of a bright price, mm -hmm. what it actually is, right, is very foreign. Yeah, what is your, your opinion on that? Having grown up in Zimbabwe and having seen this happen, and having seen it also transform and... Um, Seeing how it just it, it, it keeps evolving and becoming a part of the modern life, I think there are a few adjustments that could be made to it. But I think it's a very important part of our custom that just keeps us, um, you know, keeps our identity in a certain way as, as Zimbabweans. So I wouldn't, I'm not one who's against Lobola. For me, I think that it shouldn't be so much about almost like as if somebody is paying for something so i think there could be adjustments that could be made to make it exactly what it's meant to be which is just appreciation and what happens when you want to get a divorce if someone has paid lobola for you when the that custom was um, when it started, the normal thing was only the husband could have a divorce. And what you get is what they call gupuro. So he gives you something that in, that is a sign that he doesn't want you anymore. And nowadays, I think it's, it's just maybe you get a coin, maybe a bond note. As in, I don't want you anymore. I think the idea is it depends on what you what the woman did, really. Um, if the husband doesn't want her because he found somebody else, then he has no right to reclaim his lobola. But say he, the woman committed adultery or something, then he's going to say, your daughter did this, this and that, and for that I want my money back. What happens if the husband is cheating or if he beats his wife? That really depends on what kind of a woman that is. If she's your educated type, is she your educated type that is ready to speak out? Some women, it would just happen. It's taken as normal. You know, your husband beats you now and again, so you'll be fine. There are some women who, of course, report um, the man, but uh, whether that would lead up to, in some circumstances, it leads up to divorce. But I would say normally when it comes to cases of abuse, and uh, they can be taken as very normal. Yeah. And if if she really doesn't have to, if she really doesn't want to come back, yeah. If she really doesn't want to come back, there is just the husband can claim anything. 
Um, some fathers would just say they won't have that. If you ever be their daughter, she's not going back and you're just not laying your finger on her again. But those are very, I think those are actually exceptions. In most situations, it's just, it happens. Perhaps the father you're reporting to used to be to your mother. Because this is not something that is so out of this world. So it's, I think that then it becomes really difficult because then they'll just say, you know what, marriages are difficult and you need to go back. And and I think that saying that we can pay back the law, but it's just one way of just explaining it away just so you go back. The, the point is go back and be married. Things happen, just go back and be married. Mm. Yes. Yeah, strong stuff. Yeah, but I think I, I would also want to emphasize that I think things are changing really because I could imagine um, a lot of people that I can think of that are my acquaintances or friends that I think if they ever decide to go back home, they're just going to be accepted. And, you know, if you feel really he's ill-treating you, it's fine because now we're moving into a generation where most of our parents are educated and they just won't take it if it's that's and they say they say they educate you to empower you so if anything like that ever happens we don't even need you to come back to us like just live your life mm-hmm. yes like a lot or something that you would consider typical Zimbabwean typical Shona something that you can think about if there's something that I really, really um, think is really strong in most Zimbabweans, it's just the love for peace. And um, they have also a sense of togetherness. And, you know, I think it's part of what, you know, is called Ubuntu, you know, that just seeing another person and just, Okay, this is almost like family. And I, I see those situations, for example, when, um, say, a mother is carrying a baby and she wants to get into, you know, combis, that's our mode of transport, and she wants to get into that combi and she doesn't uh, make sure that the, 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 the child is, you know, well taken care of because usually the babies are carried on the back and so she would usually get in with the baby at the back. And so there are some mothers who are a bit careless and, you know, she bends her head, forgets about the baby and the baby hits her their head on you know the combi and i see a lot of people will just scream at that woman they would almost eat her up and for me it warms my heart because it's like their baby as well mm-hmm. and another thing that i've noticed is if a baby cries in public or anything it doesn't it's not something that would really disturb people per se yeah. it's not like they like it but it doesn't really disturb them they will actually be to them like what's wrong with the baby what are you not doing like why won't you take care of your baby nicely and it's it's actually not really in a, in a bad way but in a way of really getting concerned about the baby as if it's everyone's baby and i remember this other time this mom was with a child and um they missed the bus so they asked the the combi that we're in this is public transport to chase after the bus and give them their kid of course it wasn't dangerous speed but it was just can you please make sure that you you know get to that bus and and they did that and then the the, the driver would be please can you stop we, we have a child we have a child for you and it's just they they just make sure they get it done. So yeah, we are we are almost at the end, uh, but these stories they make me smile because they're really about mm-hmm. them. What I ask some of the people is if they have a piece of text, a piece of literature, a piece of a song, a piece of a story they heard in their mother tongue, which is 
uh, has like a piece of Zimbabwean culture or soul in them. Do you have something like that in mind? I think that uh, part of what makes us Zimbabwean is that when we get together, we have to have something that binds us, and that something is usually food. Yeah, so food is a really um, important part of our lives. What it does is it actually when when you know when you come to our house, like it, it's a taboo, it's despicable that that person would come and you don't give them anything to eat. They come in, they get something to eat, and it's almost like people insist they eat. And so um, the common belief basically is that that just brings us closer together. When we eat together, we we are joy and we are merry and you know mm-hmm. we get closer. And so there's this saying and it's called um, What it means is our relationship is not enough. Yeah, there's there's a missing link to it, and how we just put it together, how we close that gap is by eating together. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. So it's good that you ate just before. Yeah, it's good. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. It was really interesting for me as well. In this episode, I learned a lot from Cleopatra, what it's like to be Morora and what Lobola really means to her. So thank you very much, Cleopatra, for sharing with us. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Zim Love.